the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. This episode of the College Planning Edge was originally a client-only workshop that we live stream. We do this once a month, and it's all about what you should be doing now so our private clients know exactly what is happening each and every month, what to focus on. So in this episode, which was in the beginning of April 2022, we talked about what's going on with seniors, um, class of 22, terms of financial aid and uh, trying to get off wait lists and things like that. We also talked a little bit about advice for 11th graders, what they should be doing now as they gear up for the end of the academic year, which marks the beginning of college application season for most kids right after the school year ends, ideally, as opposed to dragging it out into August, September, October in the dreaded November, December timeframe. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and if you like this, please uh, give us a good rating and share this with anyone you think could use this information. Thanks for listening. So welcome, everyone. We're going to be talking today about what you should be doing now if you have a class of 22, class 23, even younger kid. Welcome, Pearl Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep. Good morning, Pearl. Good morning. Good morning to all of you. You are enjoying a beverage. This is a combination of our Monday morning college coffee talks, and we also do a once per month, here's what you should be doing now, live stream for our clients. Okay, so, Pearl, um, admissions results are in from the, uh, from the Ivies, and um, just about everyone. And it's been uh, like usual, you know, every, every year there's sort of this um, feedback that we get, oh my God, I can't believe how hard this year is. You know, we got slammed. My got, school got slammed. We got Will Smith slapped. I hear that a lot every year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this year I, I do think is different. I, th- I think this year out of the, you know, all the years that we've been in this crazy college advising field, I, I do feel that tides have turned a little bit this year. So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a webinar tomorrow night titled RIP Safety School, where I'm, where I'm going to be um, exploring whether, you know, in fact, we actually are seeing the death of the, uh, of the safety school or is the, are the reports of the safety school's demise greatly exaggerated? Hmm. Um, or are people perhaps, or students perhaps misjudging what their safety schools Really are. Yeah. Safety schools in the eyes of Boulder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me just run out a few few results that I've uh, just received over the, over the last few days. So we've got um, a couple of clients who've done really, really well in the whole um, uh, college admissions circuit, so the, the cycle. Um, so Sarah, she her first her top choice school was uh, was Harvard. But um, she didn't get in, unfortunately, even though she was a legacy. However, I think her disappointment was um, was blunted a little bit because she ended up getting into Duke, Penn, Georgetown, Michigan. Uh, I think I'm forgetting one school, but she did 
great. So, uh, so that was pretty cool to hear. Yeah. Um, we were a little surprised, but not really by the Harvard decision because they admitted something like 3% this year. Um, we have a client, uh, Harry, not, not intern Harry, but a younger, a younger Harry who, uh, got into, um, not all, but a lot of his schools, but the first school he heard from was Notre Dame and he got in there, That's fabulous. but he did not get into Boston college that, which I found to be extremely hard this year. And, um, mm -hmm. there's some other really kind of weird results, but we can talk about that. Um, I just uh, was exchanging some emails with the Couch family, and they have twins. Uh, I'm sorry, they have, they have uh, two boys, and they almost ran the table. So um, great. Getting in almost everywhere they applied, and they got, when, when I tallied up their scholarship offers, which was even more impressive, this is not a need-based family. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not portraying any confidence. It's, you know, Greg told me I could... I brag about them. <laughs> um, uh, one of them, once you, if you tally up all the offers, then multiply by four because they're merit scholarships. It was like one point three million dollars or something ridiculous, and, and the other guy just barely missed the million dollar mark. Huh. So you know, it's it's almost uh, it was more than two million dollars worth of of scholarships if you want to be kind of dumb about this, but it was uh, pr pretty impressive. Uh, he said repeatedly. When we were talking over the weekend, like, you know, you guys lived up to everything you promised. Uh, we took, you know, as, uh, as, as, I don't know if Chris is watching, but Chris said, yeah, we followed all your, all your protocols. And I said, you know, it's really nice when people do that. And Greg said, well, why don't people do that? Hmm. Like, who wouldn't, you know, pay the money to you and then not follow oh your advice? Right? Oh, boy. Right? Huh. So I wanted to bring that up to you because yeah. that that is, um, I don't know if that's the... The exception, but it is, it is definitely not across the board that, that people... People have a lot of trouble following directions and advice. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I, I'm not great at it, but if I hire someone, you know, they to help me, it. you know, <laughs> hit a golf ball better, I'm going to be, you know, following his advice because he knows more than I do about it. Yep. So, um, uh, so that was really, it was really awesome in, in their case because... There were a few schools that um, one of the kids I did not think had such a great shot at, you know, when we used our uh, software and all that. But he not only got in, but he got a ton of money, you know, so it was Amazing. it was great. So there's surprises for us either way. You know, these are the good surprises. Um, on the other side of the coin, uh, you know, it's never, by the way, it's never any one thing that gets someone in or not into mm -hmm. a certain school, right? So I was talking to... Um, another great client and friend of ours, Pam, over the weekend out in San Diego. And she was talking about how she thinks, you know, she's already had one kid go through with us and he got into his top choice school. And she thought, you know, I think if you have a secret sauce, it's really the, the essay people that you have working because she, uh, her older son, John, was able to work with um, Chris, who I'm not sure if I can talk him into coming back again this year because he has a real job. Um, but then uh, her younger son, Ben, applied to some really prestigious um, summer program out in California and he got in and he worked with, with Tessa yeah. uh, and, and, and Pam was saying it was almost like Tessa cared more about uh, the essay than he did right which, which is fine so but it's, it's not just an essay to get someone in or it's not just the lack of an essay that doesn't get someone in um, so, so or the lack of a score uh, well, you know, it's debatable, right? But, yeah, it is true. Sure officers, you know, it's, this term is overused, but there's a, a holistic 
approach in many cases. I think of the smaller schools, not necessarily the, the big state schools, although they claim that. And everyone's in favor of a, a holistic approach until their kid doesn't get it. Yep. And then, and then they don't like that other factors were considered besides the academic ones. Hmm. Um, so, so, so we have a client like that, re- really great kid. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to betray uh, any confidences that I don't have permission for. But he got waitlisted at three of his safety schools. He got rejected at another one. Um, and he applied to, I think, out of the 14 colleges total that he applied to, he got into, I, mean, uh, I think, six of them or maybe seven were incredibly hard, you know, Ivy-type schools. He got waitlisted at one of those. And he's in at two uh, state schools, which is fine. Because uh, he, he knows he's going to go to grad school. So, in fact, that could turn out to be better. Right. But um, we were trying to, you know, it started to get to him. He's got a great attitude. I, I think I was taking it harder than he was. But um, it started to get to him, and he was, you know, wondering, like, did he do anything wrong? And um, the most recent school that I would have characterized as a safety or pretty close to it that didn't let him was NYU. And I said, you know, I, I can't believe it. I know there, there's this trend toward um, diversity at a lot of these schools, but so far I hadn't really seen that with NYU. And he said something like... Um, I don't actually. I don't know what he said, but but I, I asked him. So, um, did you visit? It just mm-hmm. dawned on me because I remember a conversation that we had had, and he said, "No, my dad didn't want me to visit any schools until I got into them." I said, "Yeah, I remember that." But honestly, if I'm an admissions officer at NYU and I'm looking at your application from Western Long Island in you know, Nassau County, and you don't um, drive the forty-five minutes in to, to see the school. I mean, you know, this, this isn't 2021. Right. I mean, this isn't two years ago when people were all, all shut down because of, of, of COVID. Um, I don't I don't know if that admissions officer is going to think that he really wanted to go there, that right. he was using it as a safety school. Yeah. And then when we were talking about the other safe, the three other safety schools that deferred him, they didn't reject him. Um, now, I guess he's waitlisted at this point. He didn't visit any of those. Well... That could have been different, and that's a low-hanging fruit thing to do. It's not getting five more points on your ACT, or <laughs> so you got to make sure even the easy um, things are covered. Cover all your bases. And again, I don't want this to seem like that's the reason he didn't no. get in because there were other factors. But he was at these four schools. He was clearly way above, not just above, but way above academically mm-hmm. rigor. GPA um, scores, I'm pretty sure. Right. He, I mean, he did a lot of that stuff great, but there might have been a little self-sabotage going Absolutely. on um, with his dad who, and I understand it, I remember discussing it with him, but, but uh, you know, you, you had, if you're applying to a safety school, it's clearly a safety school. They know it. So um, they, colleges don't want to admit kids uh, who are not going to attend Right. It affects their the, the the, yield. Exactly. And that yield has been continually protected more and more each year. We are seeing colleges do more and more to protect that yield, including rejecting kids who are overqualified for their school when they don't, when it is not otherwise coupled with significant interest. Because by contrast, I'm going to point out we have a, a client this year who was arguably overqualified potentially for this for Miami who demonstrated in yeah. issues of valedictorian of her class she's 
but she loved Miami. And so she applied early decision there and made it her business to let that school know how impassioned she was about attending there. She got in, of course, she got in with a full ride also, which we're very excited to talk about, um, brag about uh, for her. And um, that's a difference. That's a very flagrant difference between candidates' demonstrated interest. And if you are the college um, admissions officer, you are saddled with, we know this, applications are continually on the rise and at increasing numbers of applications year after year, maybe record-breaking this year in terms of the number of applications that have gone in. The, the admissions officer is looking for ways to weed out, to get rid of. So that is, you know, don't give them a reason to toss you in the no pile. Um, in her case, she demonstrated interest by applying early decision. Yes. So that, that's, yes. that's the ultimate yes. demonstrated interest. Yeah. And she did it in a, uh, in a strategic way yeah. because she certainly was probably knocking on the door of some Ivy League schools yeah. because of her grades and her, I don't know if her scores were quite there, but they were definitely in the neighborhood uh, or approaching, you know, the outskirts. Um, but she, so, so that was one thing that really helped, mm -hmm. but she had, yeah, she had the goods too. And, um, these colleges, because of the test optional policies, they are almost across the board. They've received a huge influx in applications compared to last year. The common application reported that apps were up 10% compared to last year. And last year they were up 10% compared to the previous year. So there's been a, a really big increase in college applications um, over the last couple of years, and that makes it very hard for colleges to, f to calculate that yield. And the yield is the ratio of kids who apply versus who actually end up matriculating. So um, the, the, way, the only way that you can really overcome that assumption that you're, if you're clearly above the school, the assumption by the admissions officers that you're using it as a safety school is by demonstrating interest. So that's, and like Prabhu said, right, that, that's one of the easiest things you can do. So don't, don't leave that meat on the bone there. Make, make sure you do it. Yeah, and, and as long as we are on the subject of visiting and demonstrating interest or not, my overall recommendation when it comes to, there are different, diff at different points of time, there are different purposes for a visit to a college. Um, and with that, of course, you need to go initially when you're looking at schools you got to go see a variety of colleges, big, small, urban, rural, Greek, not Greek, everything in between. And, but when you are doing so, before you get in any place, I implore you to stay as unattached as you can while going and demonstrating interest and taking an inventory of, of, of what, what's out there, what is offered. Once you get in, on because that you're going to have to game that part. You have to demonstrate interest. If you're going to go spend time going to see schools, as you should, um, make sure you leave your name when you're there. Make sure you show them that you're there and showing up. Once you get in, then you're going to take a set, potentially a second look at some of these schools. You're going to look at the schools at that juncture with a completely different lens. At that point, you can certainly get more attached to the school that has admitted you. But I, I caution all of you, 
especially in light of what we've been discussing in terms of safety schools or the lack thereof. Um, stay unattached until you actually have real choices in front of you to choose from, to allay potential disappointment. So let's talk a little bit now, um, that's a good segue, let's talk a little bit now about what you should be looking for as if you're a senior right now and you're going around visiting colleges, um, what are the types of things do you think, I'll let you ask, I think you, you have better opinions about this stuff than how I do. How good their merch is, <laughs> or how good you look in certain colors. Right, you, know. well, you should do that before, ideally, but uh, what, what, you know, what are the types of things, because um, you've done this uh, a few times, mm -hmm. and we've got one kid who's in college, and you did this with her, and now you're gearing up for another college trip with our 11th grader, but when you're looking at a college, like what, what appeals to you, like what types of things do you, are you trying to hone in on, or do you think kids... Okay, well, um, initially you're going to have some probable response to big versus small. Are you the kind of self-starter that can handle a big school, which may require you, you know, navigating your own way a little bit in a big space? Um, is this, a, you know, does, this, does the school have a structured social life? for its students. For example, do they have sports teams that are a big part of the social scene at the school? Do they have a Greek life? Which, if you're interested in that, maybe that's great, or if it's so heavily Greek and that is not something you want to participate in, that too should weigh in on a decision at a school that has that offering. Um, if you obviously are interested in a particular subject matter and that is a school that has... Um, significant um, niche offerings in that uh, field, I would suggest that that's something you take a hard look at. Um, but initially, again, it's, it's a difficult task to stay unattached. But again, you should just sort of be going and almost like you're going into a bakery and you're just taking a quick little perusal at the offerings at large and getting a feeling. And when, of course, I, I always say when people go visit schools, sure, you can sit in on a class. That's great. I'm pretty sure that probably nationwide uh, calculus base, you know, the basic calculus class probably uses the same book, you know, across the, across the board. Same math problems. The same math problems, et cetera. But maybe you go into the uh, student union and maybe you go into the lunch um, places on campus and take a look around, open your ears, see what people are talking about. Do you relate to these kids? Do you see yourself here? That is more of the critical look. Um, how the far, bakery, how, by the way, I'm not sure I love the bakery <laughs> analogy because you tend to over order. Yeah. So it's like, and I can't, you can't pick more than one school. And I of course would leave with, with a variety of baked goods. It's true. So sorry. Intern Harry over orders too. everything. That's where he gets it from. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, when you when you see a school that you've already seen, but this time you've been admitted, it's almost like you're seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, the analogy is like life is like a spiral staircase and you keep coming back to the same thing, but you're at a different level. And once you see it again, it becomes a lot more tangible and you're going to be, you're going to focus more on, you know, kind of really seeing myself going here. Right. How long did it take us to get here? You know, planes, trains, and automobile, or is it three hours from my house by car? You hated that movie. I did. I love that I movie. I found it frustrating. 
<laughs> That's the point. I also follow directions. <laughs> and get frustrated when people don't. Well, they had a whole series of obstacles. Spiral staircasing back. They had a whole series of obstacles where they couldn't follow the directions. I know that. And I found it annoying. (laughs) Even though John Candy's dead. Even though he's dead. May he rest in peace. Okay. And not make movies like that anymore. Off a buck? No. Hard no. Okay. See, Martin movies. Please. Some. Most. Okay, um, let's see how much time we have left now that we just killed uh, three, two minutes that um, you'll, you guys will never get back. No. So, negotiating and financial aid. So, um, this is the peak negotiation season. So, what that means is there's a whole lot of moving and shaking and, and uh, shuffling around that's going to happen between now and May 1st, which is when the housing deposits go in. But it also means it doesn't end then because... Once housing deposits don't come in at certain colleges, they're going to start scrambling around themselves. They're all waited, waiting on the edge of their seats for their uh, for, for May 1st, because that's when you, f- you find out who's actually going to show up, and that's all about the yield, and are they going to hit their enrollment targets and their budgetary targets and, and all that type of stuff. So now um, what I've been you know, doing, I probably wrote like seven or eight of these letters over the weekend, is um, I'm looking at all offers that have come in for each of our clients, even at the schools that the kid doesn't want to go to. That's not relevant for right. negotiating. And I'm, I'm you know, hopefully, if they've done a good job and they're strategic about um, making their, their college list, which we encourage when we work with clients, they have a lot of other offers. So Chris is watching, you know, her kids, um, they had a lot of offers. Um, good news, bad news. Uh, one of her kids, Luke, it chose the school where he got the best offer. And it's a terrific, Great. it's a terrific offer. Great. But we, but we don't have any wow. other. What a bummer. He'll be a big fish in, in you know, relatively to his pond and, and well, he, successes. These are all, these are all, ahead of him. these are all colleges that are, you know, roughly on the same wheelhouse. Um, but he happened to choose the one that gave him the best deal. So it's not like I can say, good for you. I can say, um, you know, these other three schools gave us a better deal. Is there anything you can do for us? Um, in his case, you know, we still have an argument, but, um, uh, his brother, he is choosing a school that gave him a decent award, but there are many other colleges that gave better awards. So we're going to show those to his top choice school and, and try to grovel out some, uh, some more money from, from there. So that's, that's a great argument for merit scholarships. And then there are need-based arguments too, for families who had a, uh, a setback since they filed you know, the, the, the financial aid applications are based on retroact, uh, retrospective information. So your tax returns from two years ago, if you're graduating 2022, your 2020 tax returns are in play. So a lot of times things have happened since then. So we alert the financial aid office to that. There may be some other, you know, um, expenses, big expenses. Big ones. That we didn't know about, like legal bills or um, right. Not medical like- I had to get better internet because since my kid, unusually, not so unusually, was home like every other kid during COVID, we had to increase our internet, blah, blah, blah. Actual, Not right? compelling, actual sorry, example. actual example. Yeah. Actual example of this is what a family wanted to talk about on their appeal and have me shove in the comments and whatever. And I suggested that... Yours alone is not being viewed by this financial aid counselor. 
and perhaps in the sea of many, many financial aid uh, award, uh, I'm sorry, appeals that this particular counselor might be reviewing, it may actually have like the opposite effect. Um, it may turn off a financial aid officer who maybe just put down an appeal where a parent died of COVID or a parent's business of 25 years is now completely out of business. Don't bitch about your, um, your internet uh, added expense, perhaps that, you know, you got to think a little bit outside of me, myself and I and my family and look at yourself in, so in the sea of everyone else. Not, not that different than the student who lives 45 minutes away and does not, you know, make sure that that base is covered by going to the school that they do have an interest in attending. And certainly now, when that is what choice is in front of them, maybe, having demonstrated interest. Not demonstrating interest when everybody else, you know, is, is going to make you look less than. So when you're applying, you can't just think that you're applying in a vacuum. You're not. You are being compared in every way to everybody else who's applying. We, we, we should do, I don't know if we could do a full book, we probably could, but a report on for sure on the uh, the things that people think are appealable that really aren't. Right. Remember, uh, we had to send our kids to sleepaway camp. We've gotten yeah. that one a few times. Yeah. That's a little, what's, what's the word? Privileged, I think. You can't, Check I mean, your privilege. There's nothing wrong with summer camp. You're talking, to, you know, right right now with a summer camper over here, but um, it's not something you appeal and say we need more money from you because we sent our kids to really expensive uh, camp. Because we felt the peer pressure from everyone else in the neighborhood. We went to Pontiac instead of Glen Cove Day Camp, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> now we're fresh out of coin. <laughs> right, right. For college. Can we have some more money instead of uh, giving it to the families who make thirty thousand dollars a year? Right. Yeah. Okay, um, why don't we wrap up there? Uh, because <laughs> I think I think we we only have we so went, much room for email. We, we, we went off in a different direction there, but that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, so uh, so anyway, so have a great week. Um, you know, if you are uh, a client of ours and watching this or reading a transcript that we you know, we we push out in the newsletter, um, and you haven't yet spoken to us about appealing your offers, this is the time to do it. Uh, one other thing I'm just going to mention, we're, we're doing, we're, we're opening up early registration, early action registration for our summer boot camps. And, Which are excellent. And, um, they really are. And, and this year, <laughs> the early period ends May 1st. So I've already started sending out mailers about that. If you're a, if you're a college advisory one-on-one client, that's included. That's, that's like a $6,000 value that you get included. Um, if you're interested in the boot camps, go to lockwoodcollegeprep.com slash bootcamp. Harry, intern Harry, can you put that in the comments there or do that afterward? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Lockwoodcollegeprep.com slash bootcamp. You can read all about them. It's a series of 10 instructional lectures supplemented by office hours, a lot of writing, a lot of um, content from actual admissions officers. I'm working on a huge bonus, very valuable surprise bonus that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else in terms of giving you insight into the whole college process. So I'm uh, pretty excited about that. This, this, we're expanding what we've done for the last six years. Mm-hmm. This is the seventh annual bootcamp. It's If you are looking for a way to get it done and it be off your plate if you're the parent, this is a sure bet. I mean, it's a really good yeah. way to just check that box and know it's being done, know it's being done right, knowing it's being done at the right time, yeah. too. Very important. Without screaming or yelling or, th- or threatening your kid yeah. all summer. 
Um, and we also have a few spots left for one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, private consulting. I don't have any left personally, but my team does. I've got three really strong uh, college advisors from two from Yale, one's from Stanford, and uh, they are they're terrific. And um, uh, like I said, we have a, we have some limited openings for them, so that's different than the group bootcamp coaching program. Ended. Nice. So check it out if you want more information on that. And let's wrap up here. Sounds good. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double-secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid and need-based aid opportunities, as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code PODCAST for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.